0: This is the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader, giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, welcome in. Fresh off the Expo weekend, and we're back at it here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks to all of you who are tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Have subscribed, hit the bell notification if you have not done so, so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mader. I know what you're thinking. Hey, it's Wednesday night. What are you guys doing on a Wednesday night? Well... We're two a week until the season starts, and then we'll be three episodes a week. And I'll, just to run you down on what the schedule this year is going to look like, I know it changes a little bit each year. We're always doing something a little bit different this year. We're going to have three live episodes a week during the season. We'll have a recap episode, a preview episode. And then one episode, we'll have Brian Scott of the Injury List podcast on to talk about injury inquiries. And that same episode, we'll have Chaz Flardy on from Sports Betting Weekly. And we'll just talk about everything betting on the NFL. That'll be on Thursday nights at 9.30. The preview episode, which is going to preview every single game, is going to be on Wednesday night. So that's going to be our longer episode. So if you want to get your questions in, and everything, that's going to be where to do that. We'll be breaking down that episode into a bunch of little mini episodes for each matchup, so that way you guys can easily consume the information you need to not only be a fantasy football champion, but to also be a profitable sports better, because we're going to be doing a 50-50 split this year. That's what I'm really excited for. The MD's fantasy football show is going to be transitioning into 50% fantasy football, 50% sports betting. Because the two go hand in hand anyway. We want to make you a champion. We want to make you profitable along the way. That much more excitement when you're talking about the NFL on Sundays. Oh, also, we'll be doing the recap episode. That's going to air most likely most of the time Sunday night. Now, I say most of the time Sunday night because it just happens week one I'm actually going to be out for a buddy's bachelor party, so let's prop that recap episode. It's probably not going to come till Monday. What What's missing from that list? The waiver wire. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you guys hanging on the waiver wire. What we're going to do is instead of having an episode, because Tuesdays, I really need Tuesdays to get all my projections done and everything ready to go for the week. And it's just, it's too hard for me to do a show On a Tuesday, what I am going to do though is either late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. If you follow me on Instagram at MDFF show or anywhere on social media at belly up MDFF show on X, MDFF show on Facebook, whatever the case may be. If you follow us there, we'll be putting up graphics to rank our top waiver wire guys that we want to go after by each position. So that's what we're going to be doing this year. I won't be including the recap episode. Obviously, the recap episode will be on Sunday. And we'll also be putting out uh, posts about the Monday night recap. So we're not going to leave you hanging. Any notes, any little things like that we see, we're going to make sure you guys are getting all the information you need. But that's just how we're going to break things down a little bit this year. It kind of takes a little bit off my plate while giving me more time to prepare to make sure I'm giving you guys the best information possible. Today's episode... Is kicking off a fantasy football ADP series. We're going to be talking about quarterbacks in this one, but it's the best, is the pitfalls, and it's the sleeper. Again, today will be a quarterback episode. We'll have running back receivers next week. I've already confirmed the guests for those two episodes. I can't wait for it. It's going to be Scott Engel of Game Day, Series XM, and Britt Flynn. She'll be on Thursday. Scott Engel will be Wednesday. We'll have both of them on. Britt Flynn, of course, from Fantasy Alarm. Can't wait to have those two on. Two people that I met during the Fantasy Football Expo and have already agreed to come on the show. We'll be talking running backs on Wednesday and wide receivers on Thursday. Don't forget tomorrow, we'll be right back here on our YouTube channel, right back on your favorite podcast apps. We'll be talking about a half-point PPR mock draft with our great guest, Dave Hartman, coming on the show. So a lot of stuff I know, but we had to get all that out, so you guys are all up to date. It was a long weekend, a lot of developments and all of that. Now... What we need to do is get the thing on the road here and talk about some of our best quarterbacks on the board and where to take them. I think that's the big key when we're looking at this. It's not just who the top five is. The top five is, for the most part, you might find mine's a little bit different. For the most part, though, you'll see that the top five are pretty much the same, just a matter of what order are they in. Now, that just that doesn't go with just with quarterbacks, it goes with pretty much any position. But I do have a couple little differences I think you guys will like, so hopefully we'll be able to get to you on that one. Also, where to take them. Because the fantasy football industry has been big lately, it seems, on having you believe you need to take a quarterback early. And mostly due to the fact that last year... Yes, there was a big advantage if you had one of the top three quarterbacks: Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. If you've been watching this show all throughout the offseason, you know that me and you know my brother, when he's been on the show, we have harped on this consistently. That does not reflect what it has been like most years, especially over the past five years. When offensive scoring is up, the gap between the top elite quarterbacks and the nine through 12 quarterbacks. Much smaller than what we saw last year. Scoring was down last year. That was a big key. Most years, there's not a catastrophic gap. And if you're playing in redraft leagues, most of you who listen to the show, watch our content, whatever engage with us, whatever the case may be, most of you are in home leagues, 10, 12-man leagues, one quarterback leagues when it comes to your redraft leagues. Now, talking about two dynasty guys out there. When it comes to your redraft leagues, that's usually what you're harping on. Quarterback is still the best position that you can find value in late. More so than tight end, especially more so than running back and receiver. It is still the number one position in which you can find talent late. So all that is to say, when we get into our best quarterbacks here in just a second, I am not necessarily looking to pull the trigger on any single one of these guys in the top three rounds. But let's get to those best guys. (laughs) All right, my number one guy is Josh Allen. Now, ECR, ADP, he's QB2. Not a huge difference there. Obviously, we're talking about one spot. Why is he my number one and not say, hmm, Patrick Mahomes, who's been most of the people's number ones so far? Well, because Josh Allen gives you the ceiling in the passing game along with the ceiling in the rushing game. Remember, remember still 124 carries last year. That was actually the most in his career. So he didn't slow down in the rushing game at all, even though he kept asking the question, will this be the year? Will this be the year? Some people have asked that question this year. I'm just convinced Josh Allen is what he is, and he's not going to be running any less. Moving forward, seven touchdowns. He's never had less than six rushing touchdowns in a single year. He got banged up down the stretch. A new player... Caller and Ken Dorsey and all of those things led to him not being as successful down the road as he would have been. But remember the last two years coming into 2022, Josh Allen was the number one quarterback. <coughs> Excuse me. Was the number one guy, not Patrick Mahomes, who we'll talk about in just a second. So Josh Allen to me, he's the unicorn because he can give you the elite rushing floor along with the elite passing ceiling. And no other quarterback can do it on that level. So that's why he's my number one guy. My number two guy, sticking with the rushing theme, is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is my number two quarterback. And again, this is one where I'm pretty much one spot ahead of ECR, one spot ahead of ADP. There's not much to say here, right? Quarterback one in points-per-game bases last year. Double-digit rushing touchdowns the last two years in a row. They're not going to stop running that play. We've talked about that before. Not only did it not become illegal in the NFL to run that quarterback sneak play, but it's hard as a coach when you have something that's that successful and that crucial of a situation to turn your back on it. I know some people want to ask the question, well, now that he signed the $50 million contract, will they back off? Will they make sure they're not putting him much in harm's way? Because technically speaking, although it's only been a game or here or there, Hurts has not actually played an entire season up to this point. But when you're a head coach and you're in the heat of it and you're trying to win this game, and you're in a crucial situation like a fourth and one or you're on the goal line. When you have a play that works that successfully, you don't turn away from it. I don't think that turns away from it here. So Jalen Hurts, I still think it's double digit rushing touchdowns this year. It's more likely that they'll also have a higher volume passing game this season. Why is that? Well, guess what? They actually have a much tougher schedule. The Eagles are playing a first-place schedule. Last year, remember, they were playing games where they had guys blown out by the first half. They were just playing conservative, second-half football, didn't care. Didn't matter. Didn't need anything. Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw more. 21st strength of schedule for a quarterback. Now, I know you're saying, "Like, well, wait a minute. If he's playing a tougher quarterback schedule, does that mean that he won't be able to put up as many numbers? No, what that means is games will be closer I will take the fact that Hertz will have to play two halves of football over him having an easier schedule because the points are still going to be there. The offense is still going to be there. So that's why he's my number two. That's why I am one spot over Mahomes because he offers a higher floor in the rushing game. Or I should say a higher ceiling. Let's be real. And the passing game level, his floor in the passing game, one, could not continue to increase from what it was last year. There's still room for him to grow. But number two... Is not that far off when you mix in the rushing stats from Patrick Mahomes. Now, of course, I, I mentioned Mahomes quite a bit. He is my number three. He's most people's number one. I know we're nitpicking here, right? If you took, if you took Patrick Mahomes number one overall, uh, or I should say this number one quarterback overall. Obviously, I'm not going to be disagree with you. Obviously, I'm not going to do that to you. But here's what I will say: Why is he my number three? Well. Previous to last year, we haven't seen Patrick Mahomes finish as the number one quarterback overall since 2018. He had a fantastic season last year and did it without Tyree Kill. But part of it is because Jalen Hurts got hurt and Josh Allen got banged up. Those two guys don't get banged up. Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have finished number one quarterback overall last year. He has an insane floor. You're going to take Mahomes, you know you're walking away. Top four, top three guy. There's no question about that. But he doesn't have the same ceiling because of the rushing of Allen and Jalen Hurts. So if I'm taking a quarterback and I'm going to be one of the first ones to take a quarterback because that's what we're talking about here when it comes to these guys. I want the guy who has the biggest ceiling. It's going to be a Josh Allen. It's going to be a Jalen Hurts. Mahomes, one of the safest floors you could ever possibly have. Who's our number four? That's Joe Burrow. Obviously, I don't care about the calf issue. Joe Burrow has made a habit, one way or another, of not playing a ton of training camp, for better or for worse, however you want to look at that. As soon as he signs his new contract, my feeling is he's going to be out there. We've talked to Brian Scott from the Injured podcast about this very thing, and he does not seem concerned. And if he's not concerned, if Brian's not concerned, I'm not concerned, plain and simple. 35 touching passing touchdowns last year. And it still didn't feel like it was his breakout season. Remember, Jamar Chase, he missed four of those games. So he was out his number one weapon for a stretch last year. Burrow's a 40-touchdown-plus guy. He's got the weapons. He's got the makeup for it. It's going to happen. Likely will happen this year as long as he's back and healthy, which I have no reason to expect not. The offensive line's a lot better. So he actually might have an extra half a second to throw. Can you imagine Joe Burrow and the big plays that that offense can hit if he actually has an extra half a second to throw the ball? An extra half a second for the receivers to develop their routes down the field? We haven't seen the best of Joe Burrow yet. And he finished his QB4 last year. Yeah, I'm all about Joe Burrow at number four. No, I'm not worried about the calf injury. Number five. That's Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's my number five. Most people are putting either Lamar Jackson there or Justin Fields there. <laughs> I do like their rushing upside. Excuse me for that. I do like their rushing upside. But, Herbert just got the perfect marriage. Kellen Moore and his vertical, modern-day offensive play calling. Fits Justin Herbert and the rest of this offense to a T. Way better than Joe Lombardi did. Joe Lombardi turned Matthew Stafford into a dick and dunk quarterback. No wonder we saw Justin Herbert's yard per, per- pass attempt to go way down. That's not what they do. Now you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Now, if even one of them get hurt, you have Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer there to be the fourth receiver. Now we're talking. So not only does he get the perfect marriage as far as his play caller is concerned, but now he's got the weapons to back up his guys in case they go down to injury, which has been an issue of the past few years, whether it be Keenan Allen, whether it be Mike Williams, whether it be both. So now we have the safety valve. The offensive line should be healthier too. That's a pretty good offensive line. Remember Slater went down. That was a big deal. Remember Justin Herbert had a rib injury last season. That was a big deal. All of this racks up to Herbert. I'm looking at him very similar to a Joe Burrow, where you might have 40 touchdown ceiling in your repertoire this year. Now, the one maddening thing about Herbert is that we know that he has the ability to use his legs. He just doesn't. If he ever did or felt more comfortable using him at the goal line, whatever the case may be, we'll see him really spike in fantasy football. Remember, Dak Prescott under Kellen Moore No issues getting rushing touchdowns. Didn't use his legs a lot between the 20s. But they ran some RPO at the goal line. They gave Dak some opportunities. I'd be curious to see if they don't do the same thing for Justin Herbert. So that's why he's coming in at my number five. When I look at Lamar Jackson, I see a guy who has not been able to stay healthy. That's that's part of the reason there. Also a new system. from an offensive coordinator that I don't trust. With weapons that are brittle. Justin Fields. Why don't we have him hire? Well, the main reasoning for that is because we haven't seen him do it. He ran around like a banshee last year, but we have not seen him take that next step as the passer yet. Maybe he does that this season. But I already know what Justin Herbert is. I already know what kind of floor he offers me. And I already know what kind of ceiling his weapons can provide. So that's why Herbert's my number five.